Fit for Life Radio, episode number 52. Gary and Will, coming at you. Hello. And today we have another special guest, the one and only Bubba Hutchinson. Hello. Good to be here. So I remember, Will, you remember when I remember, so Bubba, I guess we'll fill you in a little, is he was a client at Coastal for a little while. He's always been a gym guy, gym rat. He is also has a family biz that you work in and worked on for a while, Break King. Yep. And then also recently you became a real estate agent. I did. So I, uh, Break King's been in my family since my grandfather started. We're, we're a full service automotive repair company in case anyone doesn't know what that is. And, uh, I bought it from my father over time. And when that uh, transaction ended, I had always kind of had it in the back of my mind that I was going to not run it from within. I was going to bring in people and that would maybe f- free me up to advise them, run certain parts of the business. But it would, if I did it right, I knew it was going to give me some extra time. And I've always been really uh, motivated to try other things. And so I, it, at, at planning that whole thing, it, it kind of came to uh, reality to me that it would probably make the most sense to go into real estate so i uh, i partnered with a, a, a firm in town and i've been do, I'm, I'm i'm relatively brand new I've, i started that in uh june so yeah. and that's with howard hannah with howard hannah yeah so it's been fantastic i mean it's been uh, such a, a whirlwind but at the same time i mm-hmm. love like you guys i love staying busy yeah and i love new challenges and, and learning and so it's definitely yeah. been a big learning process but it's been it's been great and it's been great and it's interesting because it's allowed me to just taking that step back and you could probably speak to this gary with everything you've done with this gym but allowing myself to step back from break king a little bit from a like a such an in the weeds managerial style mm-hmm. role it's really allowed me to be able to get a better vision for how I want the company to be, uh, the experience I want our customers to have and our employees to have. And it's allowed me to bring in the right people to work with me on just putting that into place, making that a reality where yeah. when you're so, you're so bogged down in the day to day, you really can't pull that off. Yeah. It's hard know? to like see the big picture. Yes. Know? I mean, our coastal... even if you can, it's so hard to make the changes yeah. you know you need to make because well, you've got to deal with the, the BS repercussions of small things yep. that you really shouldn't have to deal with. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I learned that when I moved out to California. Right. And it forces you to give more responsibility to other people mm-hmm. and then manage the big picture stuff and not have to deal with the day-to-day. And that when you did, I mean, that you had the biggest perfect case in point. I mean, I don't know yeah. how you did that. I mean, how was it, <laughs> I mean, how did you come to that? Had you been thinking about doing that for a while? I mean, because well, this place was relatively, in the grand scheme of things, relatively in its infancy I mean, that was, still. what, two years? Yeah, it was two, two, and year, two, two years and a half in. years, something? Um, it was about a year in, there was an opportunity. You know, I had been visiting... My uh, friend or this guy, mentor, I guess. He was like a mentor. Yeah, Jay yeah. Frugia and started doing a bunch of events out there. And then he kind of planted the seed. And I was thinking about it. And then once I had Will and then eventually Ben, I felt confident that they could run it, you know? Yeah. And it's funny because... You didn't need to be here for the people to get the experience they, yeah. they thought they needed. And I knew I didn't want to have a business. And in the training world, because it's such a personal business, yeah. if you do that too long, 
you can't go back. Like people, they want you, right? And mm -hmm. that wasn't the type of business I wanted. Um, so I knew the sooner the better, and I would just grow from it because I had businesses before Coastal right. uh, as well. And yeah, so I, I, now looking back, I even think about like, man, that was crazy. A lot, like, yeah, a lot could go, a lot wrong. could go wrong. <laughs> right. Like, right. Don't even think about put, it, you know. Like he put a lot of faith in me and Ben too. And yeah. right before I left, I hired Diego and Kristen. Yeah. Right? So, um, so also. Your overhead has gone. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So to make that kind of transition mm -hmm. requires a lot of risk because, I mean, the entrepreneur in you thinks, I've got to stay part of this to make sure this, the S doesn't hit the fan. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, because even, even though I'm leaving, I'm having to take on a lot more burden on the company yeah. by bringing in this extra payroll expense. Mm -hmm. and, and then you're taking less probably to yep. get out of it. Yeah, and, and your then, first instinct is come back and help it if there's a problem. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Well, that's can. the thing, and you know things did dip, and I was across the country, and so just personally, your whole personal life's flipped, you know, moving, mm -hmm. but then trying to, okay, how do I fix this stuff without even being there, and not even fix, it's you know, you're just, it's always you know ebb and flowing, mm -hmm. but um, but yeah. So, and how old are you, Bubba? Forty. Forty. So yeah. that's cool too to see, you know, because it's so rare. A lot of times to keep learning and changing and trying new things and being okay with just doing something and different. It's super uncomfortable. Uh, well, I mean, I just, you know, I, I hate to beat a dead horse, but I'm sure everybody these days says, you know, I don't feel like I'm whatever age they yeah. are. But to me, it freaks me out a little bit to say 40. Cause I mean, I've, I feel like I'm in my mid twenties. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think also you, you reach that point in time where you go, I better do something yeah. different or else it's never going to happen. Yeah. Now you talk about when, you know, you have your own place and people expect to work just with you, mm -hmm. you've got to make that transition into that other next step or else you're going to be stuck doing that forever. And yeah. so, you know, it was just a, it was just, I mean, listen, the universe, whatever it is, the timing, is, as long as you have that seed planted, it ultimately is going to happen at some point. You just got to just let it happen when it happens. And just happen. I've always been kind of a late, things always have mm -hmm. happened to me later in yeah. my life. You know, yeah. um, you know, things that would normally happen when you were 16 probably happened when I was 20 and things like that. And, and I, know, I got married, I just got married and I was 40. You yep. know, it was my first marriage. So mm. things. Uh, you almost, uh, you almost always. made it, man. You almost, you almost <laughs> got to. You almost got to. You know, I feel like if you get to forty and you've you've made the bachelor thing, you're set. Like you're that's gonna, your lifestyle. You're gonna ride it out. Like, yeah. You're committed. You're like George Clooney. <laughs> exactly. He just he's married now too. Yeah. So. So. so you're but, trying uh, to say you're like you're Clooney. That's like one of my idols. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, now I try to share with my wife that, hey, we don't have to have a child right now. Uh, him and his wife just had twins, and they're mm -hmm. in their 50s. Yep. She's not going. <laughs> well, that's a tough sell. For a lady, that's yes. A tough that's sell, a very man. tough sell. For us, it's yeah. probably not. Guys, a, no big deal, you know? Yep. Yep. She's a great girl, though. Yeah. I, we were just saying, I met her here at uh, Coastal. Yeah. So, let's, so all let's, great things happen at Coastal. They do, man. Yeah, let's swing back to that. If so you're I know single. <laughs> <laughs> Will, yeah. Will and I, we talked, uh, I remember, so we'll see, and this is how we met Bubba. Mm -hmm. Eventually, like, your name came through, you know, our, like, we get emails or leads and stuff, and your name, or someone referred us, or referred you, yeah, Bubba. Yeah, I think I filled out something online. Yeah, so we see Bubba, and then... We you imagine go, man, this guy is gonna really need our help. <laughs> <laughs> We're like Bubba from Seaford. Uh, all right, you know, and then and then Bubba rolls in and he's uh, 
you know, he's got the bulging biceps. He, mm-hmm. He's he's lean and mean. Um, so like yeah. maybe the opposite of what we were <laughs> expecting, you know. And uh, but another great thing, he's always been a gym guy. But he was, you know, try something different. Let me push myself. Um, and he came to Coastal, which is you know our group training gym. And I remember one thing, a real tangible uh, benefit you ended up having was, because a lot of people don't do this by themselves anyways, it's probably a lot of leg stuff. And then we had our leg day, and you are a runner. Uh, I know you do a lot of half marathons and just in general. Have you ever done a marathon? Two. two so and, two and marathons. I, actually, what you're, what you're about to get to, I think, is mm-hmm. the fact that I did one while, while I was here. Yeah. And um, yeah, so for... You mentioned the recovery. The recovery was amazing. Yeah. So for years... I'd always just, just I'd run and I'd always had lifted weights, but I'd kind of gotten to that rut where I just was doing upper body work because running, quote unquote, would take <laughs> care of my legs. Right. And I was always someone who had naturally bigger legs, mm-hmm. so I didn't want to add, you know, a, a lot of uh, mass to my legs. So I just would just run and I wouldn't do any kind of weight training on them. And then when I came here, it was rough, man. I remember doing our first, the first time I ever did leg day. I, you know, you, I, I could, I would notice it when I'd walk out afterwards, I mm-hmm. was stumbling around and I would make myself run usually that evening to try to loosen it up, thinking I would then stretch out feel better the next day. But it took a couple of weeks for where I could, I could walk and sit down <laughs> after leg days. Cause my legs just had no a total yeah. atrophy on certain yeah. muscles that you. Yeah. That's um, the thing use. running such a repetitive motion yeah. and it's a different energy system. Whereas then, you know, the strength training, hitting all your muscle groups, mm-hmm. In that aero- you know, uh, anaerobic form of yep. resistance training, that six to twelve rep range, it's just completely different. Yeah, just you the, miss a lot. Yeah, the bi- the bending, all all different kinds of muscles that just aren't being hit. And I it, that was probably I think I joined in, in in July of whatever year it was, and I ran a marathon that November. And I noticed when I was building up to it, I think the longest I went was like twenty miles. And I, I noticed this, this is really unusual. The next day, I never was sore. If I would ever run over, I'd gotten to the point where if I ran a half marathon, I really wasn't sore the next day. But if I went anything above 13, I, I would feel it normally. And I didn't. And then I did the marathon and woke up the next day and I almost was like freaked out <laughs> because I was getting up. I was go, I was in Richmond and I was getting up the next day and I was uh, having we, the skins were playing at home that day. And I was going to the Redskin game and I was going to be picked up in the van we used to go up there. It like the crack of dawn and I got up and I, I, it was like I'd never run. It was crazy. And I remember telling you guys, I said, man, you guys got to spread the word about this. And I think I <laughs> yeah. saw, I think I saw a year or two later, another guy that comes in here and mm-hmm. has been a marathoner and he uh, had the, same, yeah. Yeah. Had the and same experience. I mean, yeah, he's, he just, he loves it, man. And we're actually, it's ironic this weekend's the one city marathon. Right. We got a booth at the expo for Friday and Saturday. We got, um, Water inserts station. that are going in all the cards we're volunteering at a water station and my thing is and i'm not even we're not huge runners but i tell people all the time look if you're if you're running all the time like you don't need more cardio like a lot of times runners would think i'm gonna go um you know do something like orange theory where it's more running and i'm gonna do yeah. do more cardio thinking that that's what they need it's like no you need to balance that out you need strength training you're gonna you know bulletproof yourself a little more by shoring up some imbalances and work mm-hmm. different energy systems and that's going to make you a better runner, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's an awesome niche for you guys. I'm so happy to hear you guys are doing that this week because yeah. that's going to be – it's great for people that are out there to yeah. see you and see what maybe they could benefit from coming to Coastal. Also, another thing at Coastal was that I – even being a runner, I, I was not cardiovascularly used to doing high-intensity intervals. Mm-hmm. 
And I remember the first day I joined, it was Ladder Day. Yeah. And I, I, I loved it, but I couldn't believe how winded I was. And I yeah. thought I was like in great cardiovascular shape. And I would come to some of this stuff, you know, the, the cardiovascularly mm-hmm. based days. And man, it kicked my butt. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and that, that was something that was, a, you know, a nice change up to what yeah. I've been doing. And it's funny because so watching you and even then, so obviously that's how you felt at your physical level, but your ladders from the beginning, like your times were better than most because you have a great aerobic base yeah. from your running and watching you run. We used to, uh, not j- jokes, probably not the, the right word, but like you, you always had these great times, but you have like that, the Bubba shuffle, a right? Horrible, yeah. A horrible, yeah. <laughs> I mean, my, my wife will, will go, will be driving somewhere and she'll know. I've had multiple people say they saw me from a mile away. And they know it was you. They knew it was me. A friend, yeah. of, a friend of mine says I look like a mall walker. <laughs> it's, a really unusual game. It's, it's, it's very, it's but it's very efficient. It is. And you're also, what people don't understand with running, long distance is you you want to have a good aerobic base some people come all they do is high intensity stuff get winded all the time they never build their base yeah like they right? need the bubble shuffle so while you, you the key then is you can go at you know eight minute mile pace and stay aerobic and then maintain it the whole time you have to have an aerobic base to do that so then for you and this is how it is with any sport and athletes, right? The key is like, what's your weakness? Work on that, right? So you yeah. you had an amazing aerobic base. Now all of a sudden you add an anaerobic training via strength training and some high intensity intervals. You're you're a better athlete. You're a better runner, right? Most yeah. a lot of runners, they'll go do all the high intensity stuff, never even take the time to run and build their aerobic base. Like they just go so hard every time. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes that's they they need to slow down and maybe walk more or you know just go at a slower pace. Um, but yeah, so it's really just finding your weakness and improving on it. Yeah. Cause um, when we would do those, those ladders or what have you, that would always, uh, mm-hmm. you know, have like three stations. Then you go up and run 50 yards out, 50 yards back. Mm-hmm. I was never the fastest person at running the 50 yeah. yards out, 50 yards back. Yeah. I could just kind of, but overall I could just sustain. Well, but you, yeah, intensity. you had that good yeah. motor the whole time that right. really never let up. Like you were same yeah. pace really from 25 reps to your very last round of, you know, one rep or five reps. Mm-hmm. And that never let up. Thank you. It always made me feel good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, and that's where a lot of people do struggle with that because they don't have the base like like Gary was talking about, and that's what allows you to keep it even. And most people start up real high, real strong, and then at the end, it's like they're crawling in the door on their last run because they just can't keep that up. Yeah, even like when I go run in, in certain races, I, it's always my, and not that it always happens, I'm, I'm no like great runner, but I, it always is my uh, intention that I'm going to as the race goes on, no one's going to pass me. I'm just going to mm-hmm. pass, pick off people as I go, just because I'm yeah. either staying steady or maybe picking up my pace a tiny bit over the course of the race, you know, so. Yeah, yeah I think just, that's a good approach, though. I that's, mean, that's what I do when I drive. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it is a, it's a great approach because, get, especially in considering, like, this weekend being a huge race weekend around here, a lot of people have not been in that environment before. In the race environment, 
you have a, a you have a you have a lot of energy flowing there at the beginning because it's very you know mm -hmm. go, well it's go, exciting go. It's and exciting. everyone's running at the at the start and yeah yeah it's a really high energy atmosphere mm -hmm. and 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 then the gun goes off and you get a tons of people around you and you're trying to you know shoot off like yeah. a bat out of hell and you know that's the worst thing you can and yeah and your entire plans out the window that you maybe had before that yeah and your your competitive juices kick in and yep. you're and you're thinking I got to get out there and the best thing is just let it let everyone just go yeah. Uh, yeah. get on out of your way take off like you know let them go crazy and you just slowly work your yeah. way into it and, and then as the race goes on you know find your groove yep and then the other thing for runners that's important is body composition you know a lot of people will be better off losing some body fat so that that helps them become more efficient and mm -hmm. we kind of wanted to prove a point last year when we did the one city marathon we did it as a team right with the relay right been my uh myself Kristen, and diego and we ended up getting second overall for mixed relays okay and we didn't run any we just strength train you know kind of do oh, and no, stay lean yeah didn't, yeah. didn't change anything your preparation at all yeah and i knew we would do like decent like good mm -hmm. but um but yeah so we, you never went out and did like a five mile run no nah, none of us see that's yeah. awesome yeah. that's a really great nugget to yeah. share with people because yeah. that's great and i think a good a good sign of fitness that i think most people if you're decently lean and decently strong like you should be able to go out and run a 5k no problem like yeah. i'm not saying you're not going to feel it but you should be right. able to execute that Ca physically capable oh yeah, yeah. like you absolutely should yeah. be able to do that that's a good sign of you know kind of a, a yeah. solid fitness level i think yeah yeah so all right so let's let's take it back then so because i so you're 40 now so when did you get into fitness like what was your motivation in the beginning um and well, yeah i was all, i mean i was really fortunate i grew up in a really fitness heavy family uh, my dad was a college athlete my my mom i remember was you know i remember being very young and the uh, aerobics craze came through in the <laughs> early to mid 80s and mm -hmm. my mom had all the jane fonda tapes yeah. Yeah. that's a good way to grow yeah. up right there. <laughs> i mean she had the jane fonda tapes remember the 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 wellness center was relatively new and mm -hmm. i grew up in seaford which is just down Demi boulevard and, and my mom we'd go i mean I had aerobics classes all day mm -hmm. long and uh, all through the 80s and so and then my dad was had, always ran like jog just to yeah. he did it from keeping in shape like when he played football and he was a wrestler and so that was like his way of keeping his weight mm -hmm. but he also lifted weights a lot he i remember him doing uh, he was he w did several bench press competitions and yep. stuff like that so i was exposed to it like my whole life yeah. and my mom was my mom's a vegetarian and so uh, uh you know it's just so healthy living has always been part of like my lifestyle mm -hmm. and i got really big into lifting weights when i was in high school and then I got into college and I kind of got burnt out and, uh, but I was still in that, mm. in that frame of mind that I was going to eat like I was a bodybuilder. <laughs> and so I, I just, uh, I stayed about the same weight, but I lost all my muscle mass. Mm -hmm. And I started, uh, I remember one day or one week and I, I rarely, rarely would ever get sick. And I got sick like twice in the course of one month. And I said, I got, I got to lose this weight. And so I, I'd already changed my diet. And then I, uh, uh, but it wouldn't really come off. And I said, I'm going to go to the gym and I'm just going to run. I'm going to, I've hated to run. And I said, I'm going to go, we had an indoor track and it was like seven times around was a mile. I remember the first time I did, a, I think I, I went a, a lap and a half and I had to stop. But every day I just went longer and longer and longer to the point where I was, I was running 45 minutes and I lost like, I lost like 50 pounds in the course of like five months. Mm -hmm. And then I just slowly incorporated back lifting and stuff like that and then running just became you know my kind of go-to cardio 
you know, and then I lifted and stuff like that. You know what I just thought of? <laughs> you know the show New Girl? Yeah. Well, I, Schmidt. Schmidt. Have, have ever, I don't know that show. Okay. Oh, There's man. a character of Schmidt, and you know how like he's a good looking dude. Yeah, he's, he's real he's, like and he's real well fit, put together. And he um similar uh <laughs> he's just he's a cool guy. And then they flash they always flash back to when he was in college and he was overweight and, <laughs> and he was just eating and then eventually he started hitting the gym. And I don't know why. I just I just literally it's not picked, very different. I yeah. pictured you like that. <laughs> wasn't, that's not far off. <laughs> oh. oh. Oh, now man. you gotta watch New Girl. Yeah, it's pretty good. Is it on? is good. What's that on? I have no idea. It's Netflix. on Netflix. It's on Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. yeah, it was just a regular, you know, thirty-minute sitcom yeah. type show. It's good. But um, <laughs> but yeah. So and a great lesson in there as well is because a lot of people now are like, you know, with kids, how I wanna, you know, set up my kids for the best, right? Well, the best way to do that is your own actions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because look at look what your parents instilled in you with probably not even specifically saying you must do this. Never. Never. They would have. They. I could have eaten whatever I wanted to. I could have yeah. been as, as uh, lethargic and, and and not have wanted to. I'd just done whatever. I could have sat around and played video games. It was never. It never was forced upon me. It was just you know. It was kind of like in my DNA a little bit, mm -hmm. and probably was just within my, uh, my environment with which I grew up in. So it was always there. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I've got two kids now, and and they, you know, it's very much a similar situation that their, their mother is very, um, well, we're very conscious on what, you know, they eat, but the crazy thing is, is that they don't, like, eat junk. They, I've never seen kids who eat, they, they crave vegetables and stuff. Mm -hmm. I never touched vegetables yeah. when I was that age, you know, but so it is, it is the environment with you grow, which, in which you grow up. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I think really in, in general, like, we harp on it a lot, like, most things in life, like, boil down to your environment. You know, where you work, yeah. where you spend most of your time, um, the people you hang out with, like that influences you oh my the most, yeah. you know? So if you're in a house full of junk food 24-7, there's a good chance you're probably going to go for that junk food at some point and keep going for it because it's there. But if you set it up to don't where... Don't think there's anything wrong with it. You yeah. Know, yeah. Not, most people are just just don't know. They exactly. Just, they have no idea that these kind of things are bad for you. I remember I had a, a manager at Break King who was uh, was overweight. And man, he, he always talked about wanting to lose weight, but he didn't know the first thing. Mm -hmm. And it was almost, it was a joke, actually, because we I remember one time we went to uh, Outback one night. We were going for a happy hour, and he decided he was going to get something to go. And he goes, man, I really want to get that prime rib, but I'm, I'm, I'm losing weight. I'm losing weight, so I'm, I can't get that prime rib. I said, that's good. Good for you. And like 15 minutes later goes by, and he, he, the waitress comes around, and he goes, uh, I'm going to get the uh, Bloomin' Onion, a large <laughs> Bloomin' Onion. And I said, ah, I guess you didn't guys decide to have, I said, I guess you just decided to have yeah. a reward meal or something. He goes, We're, what are you talking about? It's a vegetable. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's no, not fried in oil. No, Bloomin', that was like just the most straight on base, yeah. this is a vegetable. Whereas the prime rib would have been a better choice yeah. than the Bloomin' Onion. You're at least getting your protein in. Like, like, it would have been leaner, less mm -hmm. calories. I mean, yeah. it, it was, yes. No, yeah, you're Most exactly right. Don't know. And you know what's sad is I actually realized uh, someone messaged me on Instagram the other day. And so as fitness professionals, and this is probably in any industry, right? You get so caught up on what you already know and almost wanting to impress your other colleagues. Mm -hmm. you, f you forget what people don't know. Like this guy messaged me in one of my Instagram posts. I had like a p uh, sweet potato. And then he asked, do you eat any other kind of potatoes? And I was like, yeah, you know all potatoes. I'd mix it up. I like them. And he was real worried about the glycemic index, which really doesn't matter because we typically don't eat foods by themselves. We eat them like in a meal, which, mm -hmm. so when you have some fat from your meat and some protein and, you know, it's having a sweet potato or a russet potato, it's the same thing, right? And everyone in 
if you're looking at it from that standpoint. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's, it's, it's no big deal. And everyone in the fitness industry knows that. But this guy was really hung up on it. And I'm like, oh, like, you know. That, we need to talk about that on the podcast, well, right? Because was he worried that he could he so should he, only eat a, like a sweet potato as opposed to a regular potato? And yep. that if he had a regular potato, it was he was going to gain 10 blow pounds. His, blow his whole time. Exactly, yeah. When, right. ironically, it's a potato from the ground, right? And kind of like your, your buddy you just talked about, people will then worry about that russet potato, but then they'll go and have... Um, Three bags of Lay's potato chips, right? Which you know? are made, which, which are, is, are made by a scientist in a factory. Yeah, exactly. it tastes even good, and they're fried in oil, and it's more right. calories, and they know it's bad, but it's like, but it's not that whole not, potato. Yeah, so. But you guys are big, really big on rice too, aren't yeah. you? Rice potatoes. Yeah, rice potatoes. Yeah. Um, is it mainly? Is, is the idea that it's the carb that's coming from the ground that it's naturally made as opposed to being? Well, here's the problem with carbs. When people are like. Oh, I got to cut back on the carbs. Right. Carbs are bad. They're talking, and then you let's ask people what they eat. So ask me. I mean, I eat rice, potatoes. What's on them? Well, you know, some seasonings, but not, nothing. They're not mashed in in tons of uh, you know cream and butter. Uh -huh. So so the problem is people don't eat carbs like that. Right. When they say they're eating carbs, they're eating chips. People consider like donuts carbs, mm -hmm. even though it's also fried in oil, so it's also fats. Yeah. Uh, they're eating their potatoes with tons of sour cream and butter, so added fats. And not that fats are bad, not that carbs but, are bad. But those are not natural fats. I mean, those are processed. Right. To, yeah. So totally. essentially, um, butter is you know processed from milk, and so it's eat, you know it's super dense, right? Like even oil is technically processed, yep. right? Like it's olive oil is taken from an olive, right? Right. Um, so. It's just that those foods are super dense and it's easy to overconsume, right? Yeah. So whereas now all of a sudden, like if I laid a bowl of rice in front of you, like one cup of cooked rice is like 200 calories. And that's like a whole bowl of food, right? So in your mind, you're like, this is a whole bowl of food. One tablespoon of oil is about 180 calories, right? Mm -hmm. And you don't even see it. So now all of a sudden, say you take that bowl of rice and you add uh, you, maybe some oil to it and a pat of butter, um, You've added you double the calories that even the, the carb was by itself. What are your thoughts on white rice and brown rice? So, same thing, right? It's a, people can get hung up on it. So for a while, people are like, white rice is horrible, you know, because it's stripped of the outer shell, which has some of the fiber and the nutrients, right? right. But then you look over at uh, Japan and Asian cultures, and you're like, man, <laughs> those are like the small, some of the smallest people on the planet for the last, uh, you know, one billion years <laughs> and uh they've been eating white rice for, right. for hundreds and thousands of years so but anyways either is fine eat, eat what, what you prefer yep. now there's two trains of thought i just feel, i've always felt like the brown's just got it's more nutrient based so it has it, more right. nutrients in the husk right yeah. the white is stripped of that husk on the flip side there's also some people and scientists who are like there's some anti ant so there's lots of nutrients in the husk there's also anti-nutrients in the husk, which they have found actually um, can block the absorption of, of, the nutrients. of nutrients, right? Yeah. So it's like a net, you know, you're just breaking even. Yeah, at the, at the end of the day. Hairs, exactly, the which the then yeah. kind of leads the credence to, oh, just kind of natural. If you look back, like ancient cultures did a lot of stuff from instinct, mm -hmm. like right, you know? So, so there's probably a reason they were like, we're going to, strip the husk and eat white rice. So a lot of people can have digestive issues eating a bunch of brown rice because it is so much fiber and because of the anti-nutrients. Right. So here's the thing, like if you eat brown rice and you enjoy it and you feel great, 
That's awesome. awesome. You know what? If, if you have stomach issues, maybe, well, white rice is super easily digestible, mm -hmm. you know? So, and if you're not loading it with butter and, and a bunch of other stuff, right. it's a great... And it's still it's decently st it's filling, st yeah. too. And it's still a grain. It still has nutrients. Yeah. Well, especially if you're active. Exactly. Oh, yeah. If you're active and you're, you're trying to get yeah. that balance of carbohydrates mm -hmm. along so your protein. So that's the thing, right? Like, white potato, brown rice. Sweet potato, white potato. Like, people start nitpicking these hairs, and it's like, it's rice and potatoes. Like, yeah. You know, like that's a good. If you're there, if you're that far, you you, so, you to don't me, got much to worry yeah, about. Yeah, and to, to me, it almost seems from the way I look at it, like being really active and say if you're training for something, I want the one that's got the more nutrient base to mm -hmm. it. To me, I oh, yeah. feel it gives me the more fuel, right? Uh, a more effective style fuel, yeah. Um, as opposed to being a little more empty. Whereas if you're just somebody who's there looking to cut calories and lose weight. You really are. It's, yeah, does it even it's, 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 no, it's like, yeah, either yeah. or is fine. Just don't eat a lot of it. You yeah. Know? So. Yeah, so that's a perfect example. So that's where, especially when you get with women who say they want to diet and lose weight, they're smaller anyways, they need less calories. So if you get down to 13, 14, 1500 calories and you're not eating nutrient-dense foods, you're making it harder on yourself, mm -hmm. right? So that's where, for example, like, yeah, if I'm in summer and I want to lean out, I've found, and Diego's always been real big on this, mm -hmm. You know, I'll cut the white rice and do more potatoes because there's just more nutrients in them. You know, Got so it. I'm so and they're more filling. Man. They're more filling. So you'll find a difference if you to, to oh big up big time. And I'm actually yeah. so normally like in the past. So say last year, you know, I want to drop five or six pounds for summer, and I will use rice, white rice as a bulk a lot. But I did it differently this time around with just potatoes and it was easier right i was more satisfied because there's just a little more fiber yeah. more, more micronutrients um so whereas now and i'll normally have potatoes as my base and if i need extra calories for a time for another time yep. of year then i'll just simply have the white rice you know right. for extra calories so. that's a good idea that's a because and then that's where white rice becomes beneficial. Say you are like, oh, I want to gain, or I'm training a lot. I'm in a heavy training period, and I need more calories. Well, then you might start getting kind of full, and it's harder to get the extra calories. So that's where like white rice is great because it's easy to eat, easy to digest. Right, right. Yeah. Good. So a lot of it, a lot of it's all good. It just depends, you know. Yeah. Depends what, on the what situation. Your circumstances are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very so, nice. So Bubba, talk about a little with you know, when you are going through changes in life. So, I mean, I remember right before I moved to California where you were getting ready to, to move from your, maybe it was a townhouse or condo into yeah. a house. That's a big change. And then eventually meeting your wife, getting married, which brought kids into your life and then, you know, learning your new career. Yeah. Where where was fitness throughout all of this? Was this did you ever have long layoffs? Did was is this like your rock? What is it? What is no, it for you? Yeah. Well, I I know I never had a layoff. I mean, there's certain things in, in my life that are just like non-negotiable. So I I have a certain way I live. There's a certain lifestyle I lead, and whatever I add to it or things change, things just you know on the outside, whatever I've got going on like fitness wise. I'm a big meditator, all that kind of stuff stays. I just have to figure out a different way to make it work. Yep. So, you know, I've always been one to get up early um, until I'm with my wife and I realize she gets up earlier than me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, we just, you know, I've always, I, I never was there a moment during any of those changes where I had to change my lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, just because I made it a priority. Yeah, and, I knew and a habit, right? Right. I knew ultimately I wasn't going to successfully conquer any of those changes 
unless I had what had made me mm-hmm. successful Your in the good first foundation. place working for me, my good foundation. So yeah, to, to try to take on something new, that's a little challenging, but wonderful at the same time. I mean, it just isn't really going to work well for me. I think for most people, if they get away from the thing that got them there, which was, you know, probably doing something uh, that works for them. And for me, it's always been exercise, um, meditation, eating well, all that kind of stuff. And, it, and to, to mm-hmm. give up on it would uh, kind of just be like cutting off my nose to spite my face. I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't be able to achieve the mm-hmm. things that I wanted to achieve. And that's what I tell people, you know, when we're working with people who it seems like such a far-fetched thing to like be a exercise person, I'm like, look, and let me know how you feel about this. For me, even at this point, if someone told me you'll never gain another ounce of fitness or an ounce of muscle, or you wouldn't, you know, be able to maintain your leanness or you would get nothing physical out of it. I would still work out like I do go for my walks, do all that stuff like clockwork. I think it's absolutely more mental and spiritual if you want to call it too because it's like you said i think if someone came to me and said your body's going to stay exactly the same for the rest of your life no matter what you do i'd still have to go and 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 do those physical activities because it just you know it all the science behind it with the endorphins that it Mm -hmm. creates and everything it just it makes me think 10 times clearer. It makes me feel 10 times better. Yeah. There's an emotional side to it and a, a, a psychological side to it that mm-hmm. goes way beyond just how you, how you look. Yeah. And that's the great thing. That's what I try to get across to clients is, you know, everyone wants to like, for, like I'm going to uh, eat really good and exercise and lose 25 pounds. And it's and like, gonna, it's like and this. And then I'm going to, then I'm going to get right back on the old horse again. Right. And yeah. you end up. Yeah. The thing is like, we can't force our body to do anything. Really think of it like you're adopting a different set of habits and then everything falls into place based on that, right? So mm-hmm. like you can look at guys like us and we're super similar and, and fit and in shape and we, our exercise programs and diets are probably all like nuanced, like a little bit different. Yeah. But the thing is we have similar habits and then the physique and stuff just kind of falls into place because these habits are done consistently. It's a lifestyle. Yeah. That's that people will, will talk about going on diets and I've got this great diet. I got to lose 25 pounds. And I say, you know, you really need to approach this. And I'm no, I'm, de- I'm nothing like you guys are. I mean, you guys are in the business of, of, of educating people on, on how to do those kind of things. But I always tell us, you've got to make a lifestyle change. You know, mm-hmm. it's not about, you know, drinking just nothing but fluid, you know, just eating fluids for the next mm-hmm. three months and losing 50 pounds. That's great. But how, how are you going to take yeah. the things you learn from that experience and incorporate them into your daily life? Mm-hmm. So you can yeah. maybe gain 10 pounds back, but also be able to, you know, move, sustain this yeah. moving forward. You know? Yeah. And speaking of which, so lifestyle, and we're sitting here and you guys are probably like listening and like, man, these guys are you know, no nonsense, right? But hardcore. Let me. Yeah. All right, now let me let me lead into this. This is gonna be good because it is a lifestyle. I know and, where it's and, going. And there's there's the ebbs and flows, and you want to have times. I have never in my life seen someone drink as much beer as you. <laughs> <laughs> like it's the balance of life. Ben it's and the I. Yin and yang. We're at Schooners, and if you ever want to meet Bubba, just go to Schooners around in the evening ish. I, I mix it up. It's not always scooters. <laughs> but, um, we I were, actually went to County Grill last night. There you Grill. go, man. Yeah. Really changed Now, it it's funny, though, because people that, you know, then mutual friends we know, and when we were first met, and you're like, oh, Bubba goes there. I know Bubba, and everyone has a little story. But it's always like, uh, 
you know, everyone's hanging out, but when you're done, like you're done, you know, and you'll be gone and you have your bedtime and yes. stuff like that. People be like, and B- Bubba <laughs> just so disappears, funny. but like we're hanging out and you're just, they're just bringing you beer before you, like when you have three sips left and you must have, I mean, by the time we were there, you probably drank like six or seven beers. Well, and let's be honest, it was just, all these have always taken place on a Saturday too. <laughs> so I, don't yeah. do this, I don't do this so, on weeknights or work nights. <laughs> hey, but that's a perfect example because I tell people too, I'm the same way. I'm super, you know, during the week and regimented, but then when I'm out socially, I'll pretty much eat, partake and do whatever. So then people probably think, this is what this guy always does. Just like I think about, man, this guy drinks a lot of beer. <laughs> well, like, I do. I, I have been blessed with the ability to drink a lot of beer. And, and whenever we hang out, yeah, it's Saturday night at Schooners, Redskins, Tim, Gate. Right. Very, I mean, for me, I mean, you guys are, you're great at, at being able to, to like maintain yourself. I, I get excited and if there's beer there and it's a celebratory atmosphere, mm-hmm. don't count how many I've had. Just game so, over. Yeah. And so. Well, I'm like, more just impressed. Like, yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> really? And, and you stay like, like right, Pretty r- even right here, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. naturally excitable and loud yeah. anyway. So, I mean, it doesn't really make much of a difference, but you know, it's, to me, it's always, I'm, you know, just like in here, you guys got so many people that have never been around I think a social circle before that mm-hmm. come in here and have forced themselves to get out of their comfort zone a little bit. And they start to next thing, you know, be best buddies with all the people in their class. Mm-hmm. And I've, and because I think naturally people are social animals. They don't know it till they put themselves in. Mm-hmm. Some people Absolutely. don't know it because they've been avoiding it forever. And then yeah. when they get in this kind of situation, they're with like-minded people going through similar stuff. You know, it, they realize how much they need that yeah. social interaction. So for me, I mean, for, for better or for worse, when I first got out of college, I was the first one of my uh, kind of circle of friends that had a kind of a, a job right away. That was a nine to five-ish kind mm-hmm. of situation. So everyone that I looked up to and admired professionally all went to happy hour. My buddies were always going out late at night, you know, on a weeknight, work night or whatever, because they were um, still, you know, they, they had got out of college, didn't have anything, they were going, they, they were 10 and bar right away or something like that. And so they, they didn't have regular hours. And I would go to happy hour at one of the pubs and with older guys and, uh, and just met uh, actually probably the vast majority of my l- large circle of friends I met going to happy <laughs> hours over the course of my first five years out of, out of college. And so it's always, you know, even now, like my wife and I, during the week, we really don't go out too much anymore. We, we love going out. Like we're, we're very similar in our social mm-hmm frame of mind and and so we love going out we love eating we love having drinks and uh but we don't get a chance to do it that much during the week and occasionally we'll take the kids out and stuff like that but uh if every now and then like starting this year i I wasn't drinking during the week Mm -hmm. but now uh like three nights a week it's kind of three nights a week is kind of what i do so like last night i i I had a I had a free pass. My wife and the kids were going to church, so I said, <laughs> "But I had guys from uh, Break Kings, and my staff was going out for a meeting." I said, "Perfect, I'll meet you." And so went out, had some beers last night. But like, it's usually the weekends now, like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. But football season is a whole different. Because <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm, I'm emotionally invested. As, in our a, as team. a Redskins fan, do you just drink all the time during football? Season? <laughs> I actually I stopped a little bit last year because I'm I'm a celebratory drinker, mm-hmm. and it, when, yeah, it's, when, no, it's so, yeah. when it's so depressing, I'm like I uh, I can't even do it. But I mean, you know, we Gary and I, you know, huge Skins fans, and and we we you know share the same experiences. But I uh, something to me about you know 
Sundays in the fall, I just, I just, yeah. I just love drinking beer. Yeah. <laughs> I, I and, miss... and, and those, in the marathons too, yeah. are such a heavy uh, beer, beer pushing yeah. type environment. They are. Where they have the free beer afterwards and all that. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's just uh, I, I cut back, you know, quite a bit, but um, I, st I still love to drink. Yeah, and um, I was just thinking the other day, I miss like this time. This is the worst time of year because like football's over, Sunday it's football. Horrible. And I, you don't, there's not really anything to do outside. It's still cold. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I wish I could just sit here and binge on some, some football. And <laughs> yeah, I, I find know. myself like just listening to football, po like mm -hmm. my podcast, like I'm, I'm, uh, like this week's the indie combine, which is yeah. just so nerdy. Do you I, I, dude, I pulled it up today. I was looking at like what are the bench press reps and forty times on these prospects. Which yeah, I don't care about. But what I do care about is the fact that now all like our front office and our head coach is having uh, uh, press conferences, and mm -hmm. so I just nerd out on the press conferences, even though yeah. I mean it's you no break different. apart one sentence. It's no different than you and I talking right now. You know, yeah. you don't get anything from it, but it just is, it ties you back to football yeah. a little bit. And it's fills it's that a void. male soap opera. Yeah, it fills that void. You know, mm -hmm. so. Um, yeah, or female soap opera. Yeah. This time of year is 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 the doldrums yeah. because you don't have football, bat, even college basketball and NBA. If you're super super into that, you aren't quite at the exciting part of it yet. Yeah. So it's a uh, it's a yeah. rough time of year. Basketball, I, I enjoy it, but I can I normally get into it during the March Madness tournament and Same. the playoffs. That's kind the, of everybody the across the board now. I think yeah. if you look at college basketball's viewership over the past like five six years, it's, it's really taken a big hit because the casual fan just waits till March Madness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nothing yeah. seems to matter until then. Yep. And uh, and I, I it's funny. I feel like I'm in the minority, but if you look at the big picture, I'm not. But I just feel like around here, I I I'm always was a big Celtics fan. Mm -hmm. I grew up with Larry Bird, so I was, and so I and the Celtics are good, and and I and I, I love their head coach, and uh, so I I find myself if the Celtics are on, I'm watching it. And yeah. I, I like last Sunday we were out, and I wanted to schedule my whole Sunday afternoon around the Celtics and Lakers around mm -hmm. three thirty. So I do enjoy that, but there's not much else going on. Yep. Did you go to Virginia Tech? I did. I went two years at East Carolina, and then East I transferred Carolina. to Virginia Tech. And uh, all of my buddies uh, went to Tech out of high school, and I couldn't get in. And so I went down. A buddy of, buddy of mine was on a baseball scholarship at East Carolina, so I went down there with him. And then I got my grades up, and I decided to transfer. And it was a great timing because my two years at Tech were the two years that Michael Vick was the quarterback. Mm, that's right. The yeah. first year I got there, he went to the national championship. So you see the uh, documentary coming out, or the ESPN 30 for 30? 30 for 30. I think it's already out. Okay. I, I, I didn't see it, but yeah. I know. I saw the previews or highlights, and I think it'll be good. It's you, out. You forget. You it. forget how that year, how Matt and they played. Florida. I was a Florida State fan, and he was a he was a redshirt freshman. Yeah, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I mean he just. Was dominant. Dude, he I mean, he single-handedly. Now, when you kind of step back and look, what he did for the Virginia Tech program. Oh my God, he he made it millions. Yeah, millions. I mean, every I mean, every expansion of the stadium, anything mm -hmm. that you see up there, is because of those years of Michael Vick. It just put a huge spotlight yeah. on the. And I remember when he was in high school, because my dad and uncle were really into sports around here. He wasn't even. Everyone was about Ronald Curry. Ronald Curry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Michael Vick, like, it was good. And I remember when they were playing Hampton and Ronald Curry, um, you know, the Todd Stadium would be sold out and all uh -huh. that. But then even before him, um, I remember Allen Iverson, Iverson was also really good at football. Right. We would go to the Bethel games and the Christmas basketball tournament, mm -hmm. which would be sold out because of him. Right. So whenever I, when I was in California, and people would, no one's from out there, especially in L.A. So everyone, where are you from, you know? And I'd be like, Virginia. And then when you say Virginia, people think everyone is... Virginia, you know, <laughs> really deep so, south. So then I was yeah, like, oh, yeah. you know, Newport News, and then they, you know, kind of look at you, and I'm like, 
where Michael Vick and Allen Iverson are from, and they're like, oh, yeah, 757. Yeah. Se- seven, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's amazing that, that they pick up on that. Yep. But, no, there's so many. I mean, I always would brag about that when I was out of the state. I was like, you know, Bruce Smith and mm-hmm. Allen Iverson, and it, it just goes Alonzo Mourning, and it just goes on and on and on. You don't, you don't say Plaxico Burris, do you? <laughs> you could say Plaxico Burris. I mean, yeah, you forgot, forgot, about, himself forgot about him, man. You forget about it. I mean, yeah, there's, there's, there's so bunch. many guys you forget about. Yep. Um, but Lawrence yeah. Taylor. Lawrence Taylor. Yeah, I mean, Williamsburg spot, guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you could go on and go on. Dwight Stevenson, who's all of fame center, went to uh, Hampton. But yeah, no, Ronald. It's funny you bring up Ronald Curry. I remember I watched him in the state championship at Todd Stadium. I think it was. I think I was going into my senior year, or maybe it was my senior year. I can't remember, but it was awesome, and they were awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but it makes me mad. I think I always think he he like was so focused on basketball. He messed up. Yeah, he messed up. Not go. I I, if, I mean, I think in hindsight. He, he got the gone, full scholarship offered to Florida State, right, for football. And also UVA. And I always thought he should have went to UVA mm-hmm. and played and just focused on being the quarterback yeah. because I thought that he, he could have turned the whole – he would have done what – to UVA what Michael Vick did to Virginia Tech. Yeah. But he was he had, had such a infatuation well, with basketball, which he never was as good a basketball player right. as he was a football player. And he wanted to go somewhere he could play right away with mm-hmm. football – which, for people listening that don't know, this is how good he was at basketball, though, because he went to UNC. Well, he did two sports. <laughs> yeah. You know, those two sport yeah. players, you don't see that much anymore. But nah. all of them suffer and, in some way oh, or the big other time. on one end of the stick. Like, but that's one's like a, better at one than the other. Yeah, and that's a premier basketball school. The football program isn't. And he was, as good as he was, was at basketball, he was better at football. Right. So, And he ended up going in the NFL and playing hey, he receiver. Ended up at, his, his career... Yeah. It professionally was in the NFL. Yeah. 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 As a receiver. And you look at a guy like Charlie Ward that was at your place, Florida State. Mm-hmm. You know, he was a great quarterback. But then just a okay. Heisman Trophy winner. Heisman Trophy winner. Pretty good basketball player. But then ultimately, he his professional career was in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So it's interesting. Yeah. We could talk about this stuff all day. I know. Oh, we need a, 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 Easy. A sports podcast. Easy. So that would have been if I'd never gotten to fitness. My buddy, uh, Anthony Watkins, we were talking the other day. I was like, man, because we used to just sit around and talk like this. And I was like, we could have done it back in the day if podcasts exist. I did a radio show. I hosted a Redskin radio show on ESPN Mm -hmm. Radio here for a while. Did you really? Yeah. Yeah, it was... uh, well, that makes a, sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was all. It wasn't through like any kind of um, aspirations I had in radio. It was because I, I was an advertiser, a break king advertised on ESPN Radio. I'd gotten to know the guy who hosted the afternoon uh, drive time show, and he was like, "Why don't we do?" Um, I'd done a couple of like lo- uh, like on location type things, and uh, he goes, "Why don't we do? You should come on with me. Why don't we do a Saturday morning Redskin show, and you guys could sponsor it and and whatever." And you know, I spoke to my ego, so I was like, "Yeah, that sounds <laughs> great," you know. And uh, it was fun. We did it for a couple of years, and I was just too much. I was like, yeah. "Okay, we gotta, we gotta, I gotta put a stop to this." But it was fun. Yeah, I could talk about it all day. Yeah, that's cool. So, so with your training, uh, you mentioned you were a morning person. So, have you always trained? I know when you were coming to Coastal, you train in the morning. Is that where it's always been for you? For the most part, I mean, mostly, mostly from a discipline standpoint. Mm-hmm. Like I. I crave discipline. I just feel like I feed yeah. off of it, and and I I perform so much better in every other aspect of my life if I have some like sense of discipline. And mm-hmm. part of it is getting up early. I also have always seen that, especially from the cardio aspect, if I get it out of the way early, no matter how bad. Like this morning, I did not want to work out, mm-hmm. but if I I made myself, actually I knew I had a crazy day coming up, 
if I tried to fit it in some other time, it would, it would be rough. And I, I never feel as good when I train in the evening than yeah. when I do in the morning. And I know there's a lot of studies beyond us that speak to that, I think, in certain ways. Maybe yeah. caloric burn and stuff like Not, that. Most I don't of, know so much. So to, you're stronger in the evening? Absolutely. Um, I will tell you, I, if, like, I've got a Peloton bike. And if I take that in the morning, uh, it's a struggle. Mm -hmm. I mean, but whatever everything is. But if I take the same class in the evening, I'll have, an hour, I'll have a much higher output on yeah. it. Yeah, you're going to have stronger. But uh, what we've seen with the gym and then like also you know studies and all that, the morning's better for people because there's less to compete with their time and they can be more consistent. And yep. ultimately, consistency will win out. Right? In the sense of accomplishment, yep. getting up early, making a sacrifice, mm -hmm. the thought of being disciplined and making a sacrifice for the betterment of yourself gives you oh, the yeah. sense of accomplishment for the yep. rest of your day. Yeah. You know, I think you it kind of sets you up. Yeah, absolutely. It sets you up for success because you can tell yourself, I just did more before 7 o'clock than most people will do in the next week. Yeah. You yep. know? So, and you're awake and you're alert and you probably just feel good after you're done. Like, I know for me. It sets you up also for, not to cut you off. No, go ahead. But it uh, sets you up also for that, that schedule you're talking about where you, you go to bed earlier. Yep. You wake up earlier. Which it's better for your rhythms. Circadian rhythms. Yep. And they're finding more and more about that. And That's like um, probably that's, the most important thing. Yeah. For me, like, I know, like, my bedtime it's probably the most important thing. Like if I don't get to bed on time, because I train early too, my training's going to suffer or I might mm -hmm. sleep later than I need to. Not and then the whole routine is completely off. So if I go to bed on time, I'm good. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to work out. I'm going to work well. Right. That's just like what Gary was saying when he was talking about people seeing me out and going out at mm -hmm. parties or happy hour. And they're like, we we're having a great time. And all of a sudden, <laughs> Bubba just disappeared. Yeah. It's because I, I would always He's be like, like Gotta set those circadian rhythms, guys. <laughs> like I, about eight o'clock, I'm I'm hitting the door because I always found out that pop a melatonin on the way out. If it, was, if it was during, if it was if some of my clock, if I would go out to happy hour, and if I stayed, if I had a drink after eight, I could I would feel it the next morning. Mm -hmm. It would impact my next morning. But if I was if I cut everything off by eight o'clock and then was I was home in bed, reasonable, had a good dinner, everything, I, fine. Yeah. You know, fine the next day. Yeah. And it's funny because anyone that knows me, so I prefer day drinking for that very same, same reason. Me too. Look Absolutely. at me. Look at us now. We all live the same life. We're such yeah. nerds. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> used to be stay out all night. But luckily, I'll, I'll be thinking, hey, you want to go grab drinks at one? You know, lunch. Like it's a lunch drink. Dude, that's you know, the like, best well, thing. Then you get to go to bed on time. And you time. get to like Welcome get yourself together. Welcome to my weekend because <laughs> exactly we we in love. Luckily, the vast majority of my close friends now appreciate the same thing. Mm -hmm. No one goes out at night. Yes. On the weekends, we'll get up, we'll, you know, I'll do something productive all during the morning on Saturday or Sunday, and then we'll go out and celebrate for brunch or lunch. Mm -hmm. And then next thing you know, we've had a great, great fun day, and we're in bed early. Yep. And we can do it all over <laughs> the next day. It's the best day. thing ever. The, you get time to like hydrate and eat and like yeah. get back to baseline, you and then your whole next early day. next morning. Exactly. You know, you're not sleeping halfway through the day. I can't stand that. I feel like I've lost a whole day of my life. Yep. You know? yeah, that's and, one of my least favorite things, especially mm. about drinking late. Oh my God. Like, you might as well throw your whole next day away. Yes. Yeah. And then, you know, just start again on Monday, we'll say. Yeah. I can't stand that. Yeah. That, that kind of stuff just uh, eats me up. I must have, in my prior life, I think I must have died very young. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> every, every day, I feel like it's such a gift and I'm like don't I'm not going to mess up tomorrow yeah. by, oh, by doing too much at night yeah it's funny to see the parallel strategies you know like um, in general yeah. waking up early uh, working out early you know having it as like a rock keystone habit um, 
day drinking. Yeah. <laughs> we can uh, add that to our, our keystone. The coolest habits. people, the, cool, the coolest people that choose to drink here and there are, are love day drinking. Now, have you been to Ironclad yet, distillery? No, but I heard you went. I saw a picture of you down mm -hmm. there. Yeah. I have not. I, I get a little nervous. I, I, I do like um, bourbon mm -hmm. a lot. Uh, but I get a little nervous going down there and, and just drinking it because I, I feel like I might hurt myself a little bit. <laughs> well, the good thing is since they're like technically just a distillery, yeah. they can only serve each individual three ounces. It's like a total. little tiny. Like yep. a, Which yeah. is like three shots. They're equivalent a of a wine tasting kind of. Yeah, a half ounce each okay. is for the tasting and stuff. Yeah. So you can't. So it's hard to overdo. I hear it. it's very cool. Did you it's enjoy a cool it? spot. Yeah. It's I, a, I mean, I've been. I'll, I'll it's a cool. Uh, it's a cool environment too. Yeah. It's neat. Yeah, you, you like it. Right, right. I know where it's at. Yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll get down to it at some point. They have the um, the brewery they're opening, too. Yeah, they're opening a brewery like right, right next, next door, door Coast, right? Yeah. Uh, it's going to be Coastal Fermentory. And it's the same people? No. 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 Okay, well, that, that's very cool. So the whole plan is someone, you know, bought all those uh, buildings right down there, and essentially they want to uh, turn it into restaurant row. Yeah. So they got the distillery, now they got the Coastal Fermentory coming, and then hopefully they'll get a couple good restaurants in there. Yeah, that's interesting, because it's definitely a destination. Oh, yeah, yeah. so that was the fear was, yeah. so the fear the Coastal Fermentory was talking about, they had backed out a couple times. You know, because yeah, who's going to go down there? Well, you but look at you look at it from a commercial like real estate standpoint, and everyone's all about you know traffic count things mm -hmm. like that. There's, there's not any. Well, on but the weekends, but the but. thing is though, they said they would sit there during the week, and it's right where the the interstate exit to six sixty four and all the shipyard traffic. People yeah. are just backed up there, and they realize we have a built in customer base at least to get started. Yeah, like right here. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So one thing I want to touch on you mentioned earlier is you said you meditate. Right. Yes. So I know for me, and I've tried it all. So I'm just curious how you do it, which I'll let you get into. Um, you know, I've done that. The apps. I actually find for me, walking is like the best form of meditation. Sure. I have a really hard time like sitting there traditionally. Do you practice the type of walking meditation? They have those. N uh, no, I don't think so. Yeah. Unless I'm just doing it without knowing it. <laughs> Essentially, like when I uh, when I walk, it calms too, you're my taking, mind. Yeah, you're probably experiencing a lot of what yeah. you could accomplish with a type of walking meditation. I think it's more of like a Buddhist practice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I've done where you know you sit there and you know um, the traditional. There's an app called uh, there's Headspace. 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 Yeah. I use that, which is a great app. Apps. So how do, how do you go about it? And, and what when do you do it? How often? What? I'm pretty hardcore. I. Uh, I actually practice what's called transcendental meditation. Mm -hmm. So I had, um, let me see the exact nexus of this. So I had uh, always been interested in that kind of stuff, but you know what it was? I, uh, I'm always interested in what people I you know think are doing really cool things, what their habits are. And so I uh, listened to Howard Stern a lot. And so he, he had come to light that he'd always kind of, mention here and there that he practices TM would was would not proselytize about it or or try to sell mm -hmm. anybody or not even talk about it that much but just to bring it up and, and I one day he was interviewing Hugh Jackman and Hugh Jackman was just really really cool and he even said to me he goes hey man he goes you know um because you let me just ask you a crazy question. You 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 meditate? And he goes, uh, I do. I practice TM. And he goes, I don't want to get into that or anything. He goes, but but I, I could just tell something about it. And he told a little story about how when he was in acting school in London, there was a guy in his hall that was just had something about him. He just loved him. And and he goes, uh, what, what what do you got going on? You know, there's something about you. And he goes, Why don't you come with me? I'll show you. And he took him down to a a, a TM clinic that he would go to. I don't call them clinics, probably not the right uh, word for that, but uh, uh, a TM center. And so anyway, uh, I got interested in that, 
And then I found out that Jerry Seinfeld had been practicing for 40 years mm -hmm. and a lot of different people. And then I did a lot of research. So I researched it for like a year because you can go on to tm.org and it's nothing but a big list of, of interviews, um, research papers. I think it's probably the most clinically researched form of meditation there is because there's a lot of Harvard mm -hmm. medical studies on it. it. It has a lot of physical, you know, a lot of the same physical benefits I think most forms of meditation have, but it's just been studied a lot. So you see from like, uh, it's the only form of, of meditation that is um, or is, is prescribed for people with high blood pressure that's endorsed by the American Heart Association and it uh, people uh, they, they uh, have centers around the country now that work with uh, veterans coming back that are suffering from PTSD mm -hmm. uh, inner city uh, kids <clears throat> at very very high crime rate inner city high schools yeah. um, a couple other things as well drug abuse things of that nature but anyway so I, I did about a year's worth of research on it. I knew I was going to do it, but the problem with TM is that you, you have to pay for it. Mm -hmm. And so you, you pay for it to learn how to do it. And so some people find a real uh, problem with that. And right. and so I, I didn't care. Yeah, I, I, I said, mean, if I, anything, I, it's going to make you do it. I, yeah, I, yeah I, was, I, was, I was already interested. So did, I knew that you know, it would cost you something. But the, the flip side is that you get taught by a certified trainer who, I mean, it's the crazy what these guys go through to have to become a TM teacher and they be paid nothing. And mostly it's retired people that do it. And, but you then have access to them and all kinds of retreats and anything that's involving that for the rest of your life, you don't have to pay for yeah. it. So, um, I was touching base with the people that offered it around here actually would come up from, uh, Greensboro, from Raleigh area. And, uh, they would host training seminars in Chesapeake. And the thing was, the catch was you had to go there for four straight days. Not all day, but it was like three hours for four straight mm -hmm. days. And I was like, ah, you know, I'm so, I'm busy. I, I, I got to drive all the way down to Greenbrier. And I was like, I just could never seem to make it work. And I was going back and forth with the, the, uh, the teachers. And they finally told me, they said, Bubba, we understand you're busy. Um, we're going to be in town for the whole week. Don't worry about the coming of those four straight days. You know, we'll, we'll hang around and we'll just do it on your schedule, which I thought was awesome. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> But the cool thing was that once I went, I think it was on a Friday, it was, it was, it was maybe Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, something like that, or Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Friday was just a get to know you um, and just kind of let everybody, gets everybody some information on what transcendental meditation is, how it works, this, that, and the other. And then if you were interested, then you would pay money and then come for the next three days. Well, I knew all that. So it was Friday was no big deal. But then it hit me on Friday. I said, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to come the next three days. Cause I don't know if it's going to really be a, the, the right kind of teaching session. If yeah, I break split it, it up, up. Yep. you know, that's part of the commitment is that. So, um, yeah, so it's mantra based. So it's 20, it's 20 in the, in the way they want you to practice it. Of course, not everybody does it this way, but the idea and the goal is to practice for 20 minutes twice a day. And, uh, it, you know, it becomes like brushing your teeth. I will tell you now, I, I, now I used to be, I was doing 20 minutes twice a day, every day. Mm -hmm. I do it 99% of the time every day once. Mm -hmm. And now probably 50% of the time I get it in twice. Yeah. Um, just cause you know, I've got kids and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. The afternoons are hard. The morning's great, but you do it the first thing in the morning and then usually later in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, so I did that and man, I will tell you it was, was life changing to me. I, it was, uh, 
changed my, I think over time, you know, the experience you have when you go into deep states of meditation, it, it does amazing things with the way your brain operates. Yeah. And your brain is so malleable, just like the rest of your human body, reconstructive and can reform itself. And it changed my way of thinking, I think, a lot. I was a lot less, you know, I'm high energy for the most part, and can, and which people with high energy can borderline on anxious, mm -hmm. which you can turn into anxiety. I, I totally cut my anxiety in half, if not totally out. Mm -hmm. um, it just was very like awe-inspiring to me, the changes that I saw happen within myself. I remember I went back and met with a guy who was, who was a, a teacher there. He was, he was working out at Williamsburg and you can always go back and just check in, see how things are going, do a meditation together. And, uh, it was like a year, I think I'd been doing it. And I remember telling him, I was like, my God, I said, I gotta tell you, I said, I, at the time it was probably five years ago. I was like, I was like, man, I've, 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 I've never run faster. I've never been on more dates. <laughs> it was like, yeah. I said, my business has never run better. I said, I don't know if that's all, you know, circumstance and, 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 and uh, just the way the things have worked out. But I said, I, yeah, there's something to it, you know? And yeah. so it's, uh, how old were you when you started? It was like five years five ago, years I think. Ago. I think yeah. I was, so I'm 40 now. I think I was, uh, time flies. So it, it, it might've been, I'm, I think it was right before I turned 35. I think I was still yeah. 34. So it would be like six years ago this spring. So I encourage anyone to go to tm.org and just check it out. Just the interviews on there are great, like because uh, they have they have a lot of well, a lot of entertaining, famous people practice it. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting to see their experiences with it. Um, all I mean, some some people get a little bit weirded out. They think there's a there's a, a religious base to it. It's not at all. There's there's, yeah. there's well, that's the the problem with it. now they're starting to like teach it to young kids in school because they see the brain benefits and all mm -hmm. this. But yeah. the part of the problem is it's always had that religious connotation. It's got this to connotation it. to it, so like they'll have quiet time or something mm -hmm. like that. They'll call it. Uh, I'm on the board of Achievable Dream Academies here, in, which is based out of Newport News. We've got a school in uh, Henrico and, and Virginia Beach now. And I was uh, the CEO is a good friend of mine. And a couple years back, I started sending her information on how uh, TM was was really showing a lot of great uh, benefits to inner city children who are coming from very volatile home mm -hmm. environments. And I said, this would be perfect. That's exactly what we have in our schools. Mm -hmm. And uh, she didn't quite go down that route, but a year later we started, uh, they have a what they call social rotations in the morning there. So once you come in, you go into, uh, I think one day a week you go into etiquette for 30 minutes. One day a week you go into a, uh, a positive conflict resolution class for 30 minutes. Uh, there's another one as well, which I, I can't remember right now. And uh, I think it might be a business type class. And then the fourth one is uh, meditation. So they have a meditation class. That's they do. awesome. And so, yeah, and it's they've they got a girl in there who is a yoga teacher, and she just does very basic mindfulness breathing techniques, yeah. and they do that. But I mean, it exposes them at such a young age. I mean, these are, these are kids from first through fifth grade, you know, doing mindfulness breathing techniques. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's that's to start their day. And you know what, like. That's beneficial really to every human being yeah. because it's teaching you how to deal with your stress and your problems and just being mindful and slowing down. And that bleeds over into pretty much everything, you know, it's, how you deal with, you know, how you learn to deal with stuff that way. Like it, that's how you start to deal with other stuff in your life. And it helps everyone, man. It Emotionally, expand, it it's, expands on everything you do. It kind of yes. takes everything that you want to do, need to do, and it expands it. Like, you know, Absolutely. people talk about a, a religious connotation. It actually just takes whatever your religion may be, whatever your beliefs mm -hmm. are, and it expands upon them a little bit more. It kind of invigorates them more. Like, there's like, for instance, that one class is positive conflict resolution. Well, when you can, you can now realize that you can tap into an energy with, that's within yourself 
to help you uh, go into a situation that requires positive conflict resolution, well, it's just going to make you even better at getting over those kind of conflicts and handling exactly. them better. And it's uh, very empowering, too, because you also come to then realize that everything you need to uh, do anything mm -hmm. in your life or your experience day to day lies within you. You learn how to yep. go within yourself to make everything that much more enhanced, that much better. And that's just really empowering. Do you feel like, you know, there's, when you realize that everything that you need is just within the it's quiet right space yeah. inside of your and body, that's, that's that, quite empowering. That's the hard part too. Like you got to be by yourself. You got to yeah. be quiet. And a lot of people, and a lot of people don't want to be there. It's uncomfortable to be in that quiet space by yourself, mm -hmm. which is why we fill it with TV and Instagram and all that. I don't know. We all do that, but it's easy to have all that noise because you don't have to look inward and see, you know, like what's going on right. in here. Whereas when you meditate, like you're forced to, like you got to face everything, you know? Yeah. And that's the thing. I think a lot of people, especially when you bring up the word force, I think you hear so many people say, I can't, you know, sit still for that long and not think of anything. But, you know, with, uh, I can't speak so much to, I, mean, I do, I do practice some like mindfulness stuff. I think as you start doing more and more, if you become familiar with a certain type of meditation, you then start to incorporate other things into it. Like I'll do some breathing techniques, some like box breathing stuff. Mm -hmm. yep. Just got to know how beneficial it is for you. Oh God, I love it. Yeah. So, uh, like for your cardiovascular health and things like that. But, um, uh, so I'll incorporate some of that too, but you know, with, with transcendental meditation, you are, um, it's mantra based. So you're, you're repeating, you get assigned a mantra and it's just a sound. And the mantra has a very has a has a word that sounds very mysterious to people. It's just mm -hmm. a sound. Yeah, it's like and a Justin Bieber clip. Yeah, you, you repeat to yourself. Baby, baby. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not. It just so just, do, do you sound. come up with it yourself? No, you're assigned it. Okay, okay. You're assigned it. By I want to be that guy. I think it's just honestly. I think it's like three different sounds. Okay. They assign yeah. to everybody based on your age and something like Got that. Got it. Um, but they make it very sacred. You're not supposed to ever share it with somebody. But mm. all this is a sound. And so you just focus on that sound. You say it to yourself over and over silently. But during the course of that time, things pop into your mind. Yeah, and the, the big absolutely. discipline is not to force them away. It's just to let them come and then let them go. And just go back to the mantra. And then let them come, let them go, go back to the mantra. The greatest ideas I've ever had that have come to me out of being yeah. in a state, in a meditative state. Yeah. You know, and the cool thing is, hey, you can open your eyes. If something great comes to you, open your eyes, write it down. Yeah. And go right back. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's and I think people get roped into thinking that any type of meditation is like this really strict. You have to sit and not move and not think. And it's really like you said, like things flow through, man. Like you yeah. think of something and you don't dwell on it. You just kind of let it roll away. And that's kind of constantly happening. Like you wouldn't be alive if that really didn't happen. And but it's, you know, managing that and you know, kind of being okay with that kind, process. Right. It also kind of teaches you to not ever become hijacked by too many random thoughts. Mm -hmm. Because if you're able to twice a day practice letting them come, letting them go. Yeah. yeah. There's thoughts. You're not, you know, you're not going to let Grasp yourself. Grasp on well, you're not. You're not dwelling yeah. really on anything, which is important for being present and, you know, being effective at yeah. pretty much everything. Yeah. And then you reach, I know in that, you, that, that particular kind of meditation, you do, it's, you've done a lot of brain studies on it and um, you're, prefrontal cortex lights up like a Christmas tree during the whole 20 minutes, but also you reach a, a deeper state of rest than you find in sleep. 
Cool. Uh, so it's really great. Restorative. For, really great for, I remember when I first started, I'd never felt tired again. Like mm -hmm. I just would have moments during the day where, you know, you have your afternoon lulls like that. Mm -hmm. Never had it again, you know? Wild. So, um, it's really great. I mean, especially if you've had a late night or something mm -hmm. and, and you know, you're not going to have time the next day to sleep. Yep. And you can incorporate like those a, practices and, and, and it's, it really helps. It's almost like a super nap. Yeah. yeah. A super nap yeah. with, yeah, super nap without falling asleep and you don't need to be so reliant on caffeine. Yeah. You know, which I think is important too. Do you drink coffee or to caffeine, I, take caffeine I, or anything? I never have ever. Yeah. Uh, but I got into, I always would drink. I'm, I'm a smooth. I love making. Got into smoothies. like it's drugs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it, <laughs> I mean, is, it is. It is. But I've never been. I've never been felt the need for it. But I've. I've. Uh, I always got into tea. I always drank green tea because I would. Uh, I, I'm a big smoothie guy. I make smoothies like every morning, and I would always have it with something hot. Mm -hmm. So I do yeah. with green tea. But then about a year ago, I got turned on to. Uh, uh, a type of coffee that's a mushroom coffee. Have you heard about? Oh that? yeah, it's the um, Fort Four, Four, Four Sigmatic. Yeah, Four Sigmatic. yeah. yeah. So they're I, in Venice uh, Beach. Yeah, they're out in California somewhere. Yeah. So I, I do Four Sigmatic. So mm -hmm. I'll do uh, I'll do like I'll rotate back and forth. Yeah. I'll do Four Sigmatic a couple more, do Green Tea a couple more, that kind yeah. of stuff. That, yeah, that, yeah, that the the mushroom stuff's pretty cool though. Mm -hmm. Like there's a couple Very different. Cool. And I, coffee to me makes me, I just I feel too jittery. Yeah, you that's know? what it does to me. Just one Same. little cup. But that that does not. I've, I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah, at all. And it, they have got great health benefits to yep. those wild mushrooms. It's crazy. So, Big time. Yeah. So it's it, that's that's about the most yeah. I do. Nice. Then my wife, she could drink coffee. So um, yeah, that's I don't really drink coffee, but like as a treat, I, I enjoy the smell and the hot beverage and the mm -hmm. ritual. So I have it once every few weeks. But um, yeah, I do better without it. But my wife, she drinks coffee like all the time, and mm -hmm. she can drink it before bed. And yeah, she probably doesn't do that. But I know her parents are crazy like that. They'll drink coffee all day. Yeah. Some people will put you know two pots on and they drink it through the whole day, yeah. which is insane to me. Yeah, because like one cup. It is genetic That's though. It. There is like some oh, people yeah. uh, process caffeine. They are fast metabolizers of it, and some are really slow. Um, I'm the slowest metabolizer. I just doesn't find it appetizing if yeah. they want to drink coffee all day. Yeah. But some people love it. I mean, that's why Starbucks is Starbucks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. mm. That's a whole different topic. <laughs> all right, Bubba. We appreciate we you having... We already? I know. I know. Yeah. Holy crap. It's Man, always... we, gotta, we need to have another one. It flies by. But you know, we, we could just let him rip. Just yeah. let him tell just stories him the whole hey. time. <laughs> <laughs> I got like, some good ones. Yeah. You, you, like the class just starts. You just hear people coming in. <laughs> Come on in. Come on in. We're not even working out today. Bubba's still going. Some <laughs> great uh, takeaways, though, I think are... For one is, you know, a lot of people go away to college and start some of those habits and never make the change and end up, you know, at a trying to fix it 20 years later and you know it does take like there was that turning point moment you know where your habits shift in the environment that you create for yourself and you can do that when you're in college you can do that when you're 35 you can do it when you're 45 60 whatever 60, it's like whatever you know just understand you just you're changing your environment that you create for yourself you're shifting your habits and anyone can do it and then also you know we didn't even really get to dive in on this but at, you know Bubba trains all the time, super consistent. I guarantee you, he doesn't put so much stock in every workout, looking for every workout to be like this life-changing thing. My best. Yeah, that's yeah. The, this thing. I, you know, people want every workout needs to be this like life-changing event. When it's really, it's about the totality and the big picture, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that's what people have to develop is that consistency. So it's been great to hear. You know, yeah, essentially since your early childhood, but yeah, for the last 20 years, how it's been there for you, you know, through everything. And it's not even a quite, there's not even like a seed of doubt of, oh, 
I'm going to drop this when, when things pick up because of how you prioritize your time, right? And you do that by basically keeping your mornings sacred. Yeah. Um, so for everyone, it's like, and you know, you don't have to be a morning person, but find some time you can make sacred. Um, and remember, it's, it's, it's only a couple hours, right? So now and, they have and these... it can be a team thing too. I mean, yeah. especially talking about being married and mm-hmm. having kids, it's, that's so challenging and so hard. But, you know, if you can work with your spouse to say, you know, I really want to, di- I really want to set aside some time to be able to do this. Can you work with me on that? And, yeah. You know, I, like my wife really has wanted to do her, her mornings are crazy. And so we'll set aside time where I'll grab the kids or something. Mm-hmm. Just or We'll figure out a way for her to get an hour yeah. and whatever day she needs that week. And we'll just game plan it. Yeah. And, and you know, some people in a certain situation, especially if you say you're a single mom and you work, like, yeah, it, it may be hard to find an hour. So find the 20 minutes to do some meditation, you know, mm-hmm. like start somewhere where you're giving yourself some slither of time because um, that right there is going to start to help change your mindset and, and prioritize mm-hmm. yourself, you know, so. Right. And find, and you can, there's so many options out there for you now in a, a single mother type situation where you can bring your kids, Yep. Mm-hmm. you know, yeah. you guys have it here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We got mm-hmm. the, you want, you want a job? You want to be our daycare yeah. coordinator? I can help. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, kids. but yeah. would kill he'd, he'd be getting like hundred bucks in tips yeah. a day. <laughs> <laughs> you always need a side hustle. There you go. But, um, yeah, so really, you know, prioritize and and a lot of times we don't think we have time but yeah pull up the app on your phone and you'll see how many hours you spend on facebook and youtube Mm, videos it's an investment in yourself yeah so i mean that take the time that you think that you're using and other things when you look at it from the big picture you realize you're not you're putting it towards a lot of wasted time take that time invest it in yourself you're gonna you're gonna see it pay huge dividends in the rest of your life yeah yeah Make it like brushing your teeth. You just exactly do it. Exactly like brushing your you teeth. Just do yep. it. Mm-hmm. Never stop learning. All all these nuggets from I know from Bubba. <laughs> we need to have a part two. We need to have you yep. back. I'd love to come. Yeah. That was good. Definitely. That was fun. And if anyone uh, pretty much wants wants to hit you up, you're you're here in Newport News. Yep. And I don't. You're you're on Facebook. I'm and on stuff, Facebook. Right? Bubba Hutchison on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, I've got Bubba Hutchison, Howard Hanna Real Estate on Facebook. The Break Kings on Facebook. There we go. You need a house. You you got a you got a problem with your car. These are two most most people's two yeah. most a- biggest assets. Yep. You can take care of your car. I can take care of your house. There you go. He's got your whole life. Pretty I mean, soon, child care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, house, car, child. Whatever. I, whatever. I, I'm always able to refer. There we go. There we go. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it and took something away. As always. Well, not as always, because a couple times we, we didn't come back next week. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back next week. We'll, we will Promise. be back next week. And actually, next week, if all goes well, we'll be Coach Diego. We're talking ice cream. Talking ice, all things ice cream. All things he ice cream. He loves ice cream. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's, uh, and even when he, he did a photo shoot in the summer where he got super ripped, and you know, and he still ate ice cream every single day. He has it every day. It's funny. So, um, he reviews it on Instagram. I don't feel Instagram. so bad about the beer now. Nah. <laughs> you know? Just like, like, yeah, your beer is his ice cream. Yeah. yeah. It's fine yeah. in the trade-offs, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. if you want ice cream and beer, it's probably going to be hard to it's fit in. It's going to be too but, much. You got to work out harder. Yeah. Yeah. So to, this week, he got the lesson on beer. Next week, Diego's going to talk about the details of ice cream and how to fit it in your nutrition and yeah we're looking forward to it yeah that'll be good all right see you guys later later as always thanks for listening guys if you want to learn more check us out at coastalfitnessva.com or garydeagle.com we'll see you next time